Welcome to the Seek Outside Podcast. Yeah, there's there's no question to know. David Lean. And you were the uh, head chapter leader of Colorado VHA? Clay Hayes. Uh, well, I got stalked by a mountain lion, uh, made a fishing pole out of a lodgepole pine. Falconry and bird dogs, can they coexist? Oh man, and do they. Shitty weather and lots of bears. That's what this podcast is about. You made a point when you get up in those high basins and the thunderstorms come rolling in. That's how I got into trail running. Some people are just wired that way. This is the Seek Outside Podcast. Kevin, Lee, Ryan, Owen. Um, We're going to be discussing our new pack fabrics and our thoughts, as well as the technical specifications, as well as how that translates to the real world, and so, so on. So, we've all had plenty of opportunity to touch, see, feel the new pack fabrics. Um, We've been making some packs out of Ultra since uh, early last year um mayish june sometime in there right um so they've been tested literally all over the continent um by several different people and this is not going to be ultra specific although that's probably where the most of the discussion will be the other one will be on our wolf gray as well which is a new color we might touch on our spectra grid because our spectrogrid is really changing roles within our pack platform. It is, you know, previously it had been a pack bag platform or a pack bag used used thing. Um, now it's going into more of a complementary and suspension role. Um, not that there was anything wrong with it in pack bag. In fact, s- several of us used spectrogrid pack bags yeah. last year. In like Alaska. our last episode, we were all yeah. raving about it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It's exactly. so awesome. Now, now <laughs> it's just going to be on your hip belt and harness. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be. I mean, things. But yeah, certain well, things, Merlins, lids, things like that, are all going to you know pocketing a lot of that stuff. So it's not going to be just hip belt and harnessing, but. Well, but that's how good the new fabrics are. Is we're taking our previous best fabric. And just moving it to the hip belt and harnesses. You know? To a certain to a certain degree, that is absolutely true. Um, but the thing is, really, like in the case of Ultra specifically, Ultra weighs about the same and has these specs that are off the chart that we will get into um, further in the podcast. Um, but they're and it's going to cost you more. It is. But we feel that most people are just going to opt for the additional cost um, because there really is no weight difference. And it's not that we had any problems with Spectra Grid as a backpack fabric for pack bags, but the the Ultra is, you know, just its, its specs are nuts. Yeah. And we'll get into that. So <coughs> with all that, since we've been all using 
some of these fabrics. Son of a gun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whose computer was that? Why Why don't we kind of start off with a, a little take on the old Saturday Night Live skit or the Jack Hanley book of deep thoughts and give some sort of deep thought on impressions that we've had that you've had do you want to go first ryan i have one but if you want to go first you can yeah so my deep thought is not necessarily ultra specific but it can be relating to backpacking or hunting um and i think we've all been in a situation where you get tired and you're trying to find the trail and um you know decision making is hard so my mantra for those situations is two wrongs don't make a right but three lefts do yeah <laughs> that's good <laughs> that's Deep. good uh, that, that'll just lead you in circles i guess if you're backpacking so don't don't take that not really you can't you can't do the fourth left if you do three you're yeah. solid but yeah it's that fourth left that's going to screw you I think the I think the core of it is if you're in a bad situation like that, don't uh, don't get moral, get get uh, get theoretical. Oh. You know, if you're lost, yes. <laughs> no, get look at the map if you're lost. Don't don't uh, yeah. Don't be thinking in terms of you know ego. Get in get in terms of looking at the map and getting yourself out of a situation. Good stuff. Do you think that people actually? have an ego when it comes to like have you ever been around someone who has an ego when it comes to trail navigation well i think it's just like you know you when you get I'm to just a, wondering because well, there, well there's sure the man there there's the man there's the classic man thing sure. like dudes never like to ask for directions right i mean yeah. w- women make fun fun of guys for years and years or years and years probably making fun of me now for not asking for directions or whatever right <laughs> so um i think that is a little bit of an ego thing right there because i mean you why don't you want to ask for directions well because it would be admitting that you don't know or something like that or, or yeah. we're wrong in the or first place yeah, yeah. Exactly. and okay so i'll bring it back to the ultra packs here so right so <clears throat> when me and elk when me and elk you and your buddy elk yeah me, <laughs> me and elk no when me and lee were packing his elk out this year with our ultra packs loaded down with i mean you had at least 120 pounds you had that it we're, was, we're gonna be heavy. posting pictures on instagram of we were looking at the pictures of the elk head on the back it was a ridiculous you. picture. I, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. it. It like it takes up half your body, just the head. I know, it was, just the head. It was heavy as fuck. <laughs> I was, I was yeah. pretty. Lee's I, not that small. A it, lot of people no. know Lee in the industry. I mean, he's he's not like six five or no. a tight end or anything. No. But it's not like he's a little person. No, yeah, so. <laughs> no. But. I, when we were trying to hike out this, this drainage and either way was going to be hellish, but I, your dad, the experienced elk hunter that he was, was saying, Hey, we should go up this ridge. Right. And, and sacrifice the uphill now, but it'll be easier Mm -hmm. because it was either that or going to Creek bottom. And I was like, Oh no, let's go in the Creek bottom. You know, I was like, I swear it'll be easier. And uh, it was it was not easy, so we ended up going downhill and to get uphill. Yeah. Well, so. and that that actually kind of I mean, to your three lefts, 
making a right, um, a lot of times our minds trick us into a least effort solution and when it's not the right solution. When you got, say, somewhere between 75 and 130 pounds on your back, usually the last thing you want to do is go uphill. Is go uphill. Yeah. You know? And And I was so, what, what I opted to do at the beginning was I started side hilling. And so instead of going straight up the hill, I just took it at an angle and was side hilling while it was a son of a gun with the... You can say bitch on it. Yeah, son of a bitch. I know. I don't know why all of a sudden I got all worried about me cussing. That's usually not <laughs> Motherfucker. the Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Being so nice. Um, so it was, a, like, it was still a son of a bitch side hilling. One, because I had that freaking sixth point, fifth point or whatever dragging into the dirt on the uphill side. And so I had to fight that the whole way. Um, but you know, I remember being like, should I just say screw it and not go down there with them? Or should I, you know, or should I go down there with them? And just so we could all be in the same place, you know, like, and so no one is somewhere where they're not supposed to be, or if something happens, we're all together and, and we can help each other out. And so I opted to go down. So I, I lost all that altitude. Yeah. Lost all that elevation to go just to go join up with the two stooges down at the bottom. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's that's very correct too. The two stooges, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know. So it's like you uh, you wanted to be part of the crowd, right? You felt a little lonely. Yeah, you yeah. know. And there's I felt the, left out. You know, <laughs> left out. And so you're like, I should join up with them. You get down there, and you're like, what a bunch of freaking morons, you know. Yeah. Yeah, y'all, y'all should come join I mean, me. It honestly was not too bad. It was just the trees for me were the hardest part, right? Yeah. Like I just could not operate through those trees like I could on an open mm-hmm. you need to face. shoot much smaller elk. Yeah. Yeah. That well, should, I, that should... I walked up there to shoot a, a, a raghorn. I walked yeah. up there to shoot a raghorn and came back down with a six point. He thought I was shooting at the raghorn for the longest time because I shot I you twice. Missed, dude. I shot, I shot this bull twice and, uh, and he, <laughs> he like throws his hands up at me or is that before? I can't remember, but no, that was before when you were, when I was had eyes on an elk sitting broadside at 150 yards and you were not shooting. I was like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> yeah. yeah the, Little did I know. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's get on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get yeah. on. Okay. Deep thought. Um, deep thought. This is going to be about the ultra new fabric specific. And it's something that I've been kind of uh, thinking on for a while now is that um, camo doesn't necessarily always matter. And most of the time, I would, I would even go so far to say most of the time it doesn't matter. There are very few times where like camo is an absolute necessity when it's on a backpack. Now I think on your body, sure. Um, a lot of times the backpack is on your back and animals aren't seeing your back. Um, at least not, not too much. Um, unless it's a kitty. True. I'm going to jump on your back, which is like good. Cause then you want the, you want the backpack on. Um, so he doesn't claw up your, your spinal cord. Um, <laughs> But uh, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. I mean, we hunt a lot with uh, um, black backpacks on, you know, black backpacks, gray backpacks. Didn't you say you had elk at like two, three yards from you at one point? 
Yeah, so when I was in archery season, it was just me and my old man. And, uh, yeah, we had um, this cow and these three calves were just messing around. And they would just, like, leave, go off and into the timber, and then we'd go do something else and cow call or something. And here comes this cow and these three calves. And I had this, uh, I had this cow at, like, three yards i mean i could have reached out and tried to wrestle her to the ground i could have jumped out at her stick your arrow in with your hand yeah and she was looking past me and that's like the whole thing i was like you know she's got to see me at some point and uh she's, she's got to see me at some point and uh she, she never really did until i was like i can't stand still anymore i, I gotta like i <laughs> i cannot stand still for another second you know yeah. my thoughts on camo are Hmm. They're not going to be things that everyone wants to hear, right? Uh, especially in the hunting community. Um, I've gotten closer to animals wearing Pendleton flannels with a trad bow than I have all decked up in camo. Yeah. I'm not saying that that was better, right? But what I am saying is maybe I smelled less with the Pendleton. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty smelly. But, I mean, elk are pretty smelly, too. I don't know. But I've also had times where elk, I've no elk have knocked me off at like a quarter mile, and I've been winded. Yeah. And I just see them bark and boogie off in a different direction. Um, but I think so much of it is technique. So much of it is technique to be quiet in the woods and that's- when you're walking in the woods. Technique and how you stalk, right? I don't think... Putting your nose directly in the wind on a stalk is necessarily, and I could be wrong. I'm not, I'm definitely not the world's greatest elk hunter by a long shot, right? Anyone who follows my Instagram will know. Um, but what I've seen when I stick my nose right into the wind is that I usually get close to elk that are bedded behind some sort of protection between, and think about it. If it was me and I was up in the mountains, and I thought something was going to, was trying to kill me, or I was just like, uh, even just bears and lions. Say I thought the place was infested with bears and lions. Um, I want to put something behind my back if I'm bedded down. Mm-hmm. I want to put a rock, a couple big trees. I want to put some sort of protection there. And so I kind of think, and I could be wrong, that elk have a tendency to do the same thing. So when you put your nose directly into the wind, you end up coming across their rock or their big fir tree that they got covering their backside. While yeah. So you need to come in a little more, and you get literally right on top of them, and then they smell you, and all hell breaks loose and you never get shot. Well, yeah, because like, your scent is moving. Like when it's getting blown off of you, it's, it's moving at a cone, I'm assuming. I don't really know how scent travels through the wind, but I would assume it's like a cone, right, where it's like, it, it the cone starts out small right off your person and then gets larger and larger and larger. So as long as you're within that margin of error, say you're like right dead in line, you're looking straight at the animal, um, the wind for those, you know, cause this is a podcast so people can't see what I'm doing with my hand. So the wind is coming from your left to your right. You're looking straight at the animal and you're right in line with him. They're still not going to smell you because the wind is getting pushed beyond that that cone is not yet big enough for them to like 
smell you. Now, right. unless it unless it's doing some other weird things like swirling and stuff, um, but then that's a whole other ball. Yeah, game which gotta, which happens a lot in the mountains, and yeah. and I think your goal, at least especially with a trad bow, um, and like I said, not the world's best trad hunter or anything like that, but I think your goal is to be able to stalk and get a shot opportunity, not. Just to be able, like, oh, I got 12 yards from him. Then he ran off. That was, you know, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Time to go home. <laughs> yeah. Time to go home. Pack it up, yeah. boys. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know. So what is your deep thought, Owen? My deep thought, <coughs> which is a perfect segue, is why when you're hunting with a friend, is he always three or four times louder than you are? Could be your dad, your friend, anybody. They will step on every stick that you've missed Step on every leaf. It just it just sounds like chaos. Are you well, throwing? Are you just throwing a lot of shade at Ryan right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I, yes. there's a, there's a only a smiggin. <laughs> only a smidge. But it the always noise princess over here. You all, you always sound like like you know you're putting on the stock. Ryan's behind me with the camera, taking photos of Ultra, and I feel like I'm creeping along real real quiet. And then you hear Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I don't know if it's just perspective because you're you're not necessarily maybe you think you're being sneaky so you hear it less right like in a psychology psychology way and then you hear one little stick crack and you're like oh my god because that yeah we, I mean we, we, we were walking and I thought we were both being fairly quiet but like maybe you can hear Ryan three times as much smelled elk right similar situation I'm walking explosion just you know I heard a five ten blow out of the woods because ryan was loud. because ryan was loud that's what i said i chalked it up to i was like it's all ryan's fault it's not not because i'm a bad hunter it's because of ryan <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's the easy and that's okay. the easy way out <laughs> so i got I, I got a rebuttal on this and, and your I buddy got, always smells more than you do he exactly. always does yeah. yeah yeah i yeah i smell great i smell like roses and flowers ryan poop <laughs> cow poop <laughs> Uh, that's better than roses and flowers when you hunt. It, it probably out. is because a lot of times they're in cattle. There isn't <laughs> yeah. been favored by cattle. All right, so two things here, right? So first off, <laughs> not everybody can hunt in mountain bike shoes. <laughs> that's my first rebuttal. Owen Owen's hunting shoes in November in Colorado with six <laughs> inches of snow on the ground are low top basically skate shoes so there's definitely going to be an advantage there now maybe that's that's a trick man yeah like see, if, i'm if quiet you're, if so you're willing to have it's cold a, it wet says feet. it says stealth rubber there's there a, there actually is i i think there is a an advantage for quietness for lower profile footwear i uh, i definitely think especially softer and not trying not trying to Get in y'all's little tiff here. Um, but, um, yeah, we're just mediators. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm just the mediator. Um, but stealth rubber is a very soft rubber as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thus, it doesn't last very long. See, why do you think I've gotten so many elk? And then I started wearing boots. Haven't killed one since. And 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 you're wearing he, stealth rubber. He's also a kid <laughs> that climbed Uncompahgre Peak. Was it socks? Uh-huh. More socks on, yeah. right? Because yeah. your your shoes were giving you blisters. You probably did the last two miles, and Uncompahgre is quite easy, but there is some scree and rock and stuff. And you did probably four or five miles just wearing socks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think there is something to that, but I would also say because <clears throat> I've thought that about everybody that I've hunted with 
I mean, I don't know if you guys think. I think the same. it is just a perspective thing. <clears throat> I, I think I think it's a psychology thing. Uh, uh, you're like I'm all sneaking. My, all my buddies are fucking loud. Yeah, they're and blowing it for me. I, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking Ryan's back there just like clapping for the elk. You know? I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, come on, dude. You're yeah. trying to ruin. He, he doesn't want the ultra pack with a nice, you know, big old quarter in it. He just wants wants me to cry when I go home. What, what I really he, just what, what he wants. <laughs> Is he doesn't want to help pack out. Yeah. So if he can be loud yeah. and give yeah. the elk some warning, he doesn't have to help pack yeah. out. Every yeah. patch of crusty snow he saw, he was oh, I'm smashing. Go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like it's like uh, it's. I think it's kind of like when you hear your voice on a recording. Yeah. yeah. Like when you're talking, you hear your voice, and it's all it's all loud. Like there's all these frequencies that, well, that and you're picking sound, up. Even sounds different. Like yeah. your voice when yeah. like I'm sure when we when everyone listens to this podcast back all four of us in this room listen to this podcast back we all take a second and go fuck i hate, I sound I like. hate yeah. hearing myself on podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah it's awful yeah and but, so i wonder if it's like the same thing like you just hear yourself differently in your movements and you know that the movement's about to be made you know mm-hmm. that the sound's about to be made so yeah. your mind is automatically kind of like switching to the next thing i wonder whereas like yeah. you don't necessarily know when he's stepping it's always like oh, oh so oh. it's like okay yeah. there's a noise there's a noise i was not prepared for it's kind of uh, like how you can't tickle yourself you know it's true <laughs> and, and a lot of times when you're hunting with a buddy um there's actually a benefit to do that only one person moves at a time so you move say five yards up and yeah. and Ryan observes if he's actually trying to help you and not trying to scare off all the elk. All that um, crunchy snow, dude. Um, and then, then you stop and Ryan, and you stay observant while Ryan moves because you can then hear and observe the environment better around that's actually, you than, yeah, when that's, both, than when both people are. Yeah, that's a good good idea. Because, I mean, so many good times you're, you're I've done that. I've done that with um, my friend Dave um before um archery hunting where and i've done that a few times with him where it was like we were we never moved together mm. we always mm-hmm. moved opposite so one of us could really pay attention maybe that would have helped me get an elk this year yeah honestly in that situation it probably would have helped you know what yeah. but you know now that i think about it so on the hunt that you went with me on you stayed back for a long time, and that's why Lee got an elk. Mm-hmm. I was already set up and look and looking at that thing through my scopes, mm-hmm. through my scope. Um, when you started up the hill towards me, same thing yeah. on my caribou. Dad, stay back. Kevin, yeah. stay back. And yep. Holy shit! We just broke the thing wide open. We broke yep. the code. Yeah, yeah. broke the code. Yeah, I, <laughs> I stayed back. back. I stayed back at about four hundred yards, watched everything as you went up. Yeah, and you kind of watched on mine a lot. Too. Yeah. So I mean, you were kind of with me, but you were more watching. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, my deep thought is more seasonal. Okay. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. since we're in winter, I would call it winter. And um, I did a good hike in Dominguez Canyon on the way down here. It brought back a lot of memories. You know, and my deep thought is. That snow is a shockingly bad substitute for toilet paper. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah yeah especially the snow that we have around here now it's just all wind blown and crusty yeah it's sharp oh jeez yeah. yeah yeah it's like yeah. wiping your ass with a bench man yeah. <laughs> but you get, i will ske- schedule yeah, a colonoscopy if you're feeling a little tired though it'll wake you up <laughs> yeah sure <it> will. <laughs> uh, oh man that's a good one that's a good one to that's a good transition into ultra yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. okay um you but can- yeah what? You can use it to wipe your butt. Yeah, <laughs> you could. I guess you could. I mean, it, I don't recommend it. Yeah, it's expensive toilet. So, yeah. so very we, abrasion resistant, though. Do we want to go through the specs, or do we want? How about yeah. I just kind of lead this off here? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Speaking about backpack fabrics in general, so there's generally three or four main specs. One is abrasion resistance. One is tear strength, um, another might be like puncture strength, and another might be how waterproof. A lot of pack fabrics make almost no attempt to be waterproof, so it's pretty much negligible, right? And they tell you, stick a cover on it, right? Which I think is a bad solution. Always have, that's why we never really went that route. Um, so the one we probably care about, like tear strength, that matters most if you've already got kind of a hole going, right? But the one generally most relevant to durability is abrasion resistance. And it is done at a spec level with um, what they call the Tabor abrasion test. And the Tabor abrasion test, I wouldn't say, you know, you have to trim. These are standards, right? So they give you a comparison to other file fabrics. However, there's also real world. Real world differs. It isn't necessarily a reproducible lab test. Um, and certain things in the real world can be very hard impact. Certain things, not very hard at all, right? Um, so those things that can be hard, at least from what I've seen, um, like rope hauls, in sandstone canyon country stuff they've they've been rougher on packs than anything i've really used them for um other things um i know rock climbing is pretty hard uh, especially like granity kind of rock stuff when you get that stuff sharp. it's kind of yeah. really sharp although we don't really have much of that here so i just don't run into it a lot um when i was on the rescue team there would be some rescues in which we would have to do a screevac. Um, and a screevac was pretty hard on a pack as well. Um, screevac is basically something that's more specific to large mountains with lots of scree and big runouts where it's almost where there isn't really even a good place to anchor to. Mm-hmm. And so typically someone ends up you know, basically almost trying to dead man themselves in the scree to anchor the rope with a litter and stuff like that on it. And and I'm probably screwing that up a little bit, right? But those things, um, but Canyon Country has generally been the roughest, that sandstony kind of stuff, doing a rope haul on that. Um, that isn't a Tabor abrasion lab test. It isn't, right? Yeah. Um, so when you have something that maybe you have a fabric that says, well, it's good for 800 cycles, it's good for one rope haul. Yeah. You know, um, 
out of what is that crack in the wall uh, in Escalante where we did that rope haul there. Um, I think it's called crack in the wall. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did that too. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, and that like cut webbing on one of the packs straight up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The webbing, the, yeah. I remember it separated the webbing that attached the pack bag to the frame. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, high abrasion, I mean, you got a 50 pound pack, it's dangling in the air. Well, and it's a long, it's a long ways up. Yeah, it's a long ways up, and the thing is swinging against it, so it's got speed going against this sandstone wall. Mm-hmm. That was that was very difficult on a pack, right? So it's not like 800 abrasion cycles meant like it could take 800 things of that. Um, however, a fabric that said was it was good for 2,000 abrasion cycles would definitely way outperform the eight the one that was 800. In fact, I think when you, me, and Eli did that trip when, I don't know, Eli was maybe 10, 12, 13, something like that. You were probably 16, 17. You were old enough to drive because I remember you drove partway on the way there as we jammed Soundgarden. Um, but um, the 200 denier pack definitely suffered on that. But the 400 denier pack, which had about twice the abrasion resistance, according to the Tabor abrasion, didn't suffer on that rope ball. Could it have been luck of the draw? Maybe. But it also may have been that the 400 had enough durability that getting scuffed up while dangling, you know, swinging against yeah. the sandstone wall wasn't a big issue for it. So that's kind of setting the table for the expectations of someone i guess we have ghosts in the building they just came in here and knocked our podcast shit <laughs> is it off still the recording yeah uh, still going. My bad. <laughs> I'm, so, a, I'm, a, I'm a really bad ghost <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that these don't necessarily translate 100 percent and then construction also matters a lot. Yeah. Um, we do, we're very attuned to construction. And um, our construction methods are very solid. Like we put webbing in seams. So it ends up having all these different runs of stitching that goes through it in as it's part of the seam. Instead of just bar tacking it on a super light fabric and hoping that that fabric holds if you clip something in there, run a rope through it, and are hoping to do it, you know, and if you just bar tack on a super light fabric and you're hoping that you can do a rope haul with a 75-pound pack, it's probably not going to work out very well for you unless you back that fabric. So there's construction techniques that matter as well. And on top of that, there's even the way your products are patterned and how that can benefit the long-term durability is that a pattern that is really hard for people to fuck up and make it look okay, but not be durable underneath is way less desirable than a pattern that if you get these pieces to go together, there's no flaws in it. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and we've, we've had some things with that, but it hasn't, it's been years. 
right? That we've, that our patterning has been really solid. Uh, there were a couple times early on in the backpacks that we had seam allowances that weren't necessarily big enough. So some people might not always catch the amount of fabric required in the seam yeah. in a high stress point. But I don't know of that having been an issue for years. So that kind of set, that's kind of the table stakes on it. That being said, Ultra has ridiculously high specs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then our new fabric, the Wolf Gray that we're going to use, has very high specs. Yeah. And we can kind of get into them. Does anyone have the specs available? Yeah. You yeah. got them? And so someone want to read them off? Pick Ultra. Oh, we got all. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, uh, Ultra, if somebody else wants to do okay. Wolf. Yeah. Ultra 400. Um, I'm trying not to read this in a boring way. <laughs> it's a laminate containing pure UHMWPE, which Kevin's been studying. He knows exactly what that means. Ultra right? high molecular weight polyethylene. It's basically Dyneema and Spectra are the same stuff. And then if they call it UHWMPE, I think. Hope that rolled off the top. That was pretty good, yeah. It was? Yeah, you got it. Uh, I've been practicing. Yeah, I was going to say. Flashcards? I've been practicing for like 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I put a flashcard on Iris and let her walk around. (laughs) Every time you see it, you have to What does that mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, But basically, it's a generic version of Dyneema or Spectra. Um, it is. Uh, Did you have something else? No, no. Go ahead. It's waterproof up to 200 PSI. And if you want to elaborate on what that means as well. Pounds a square inch, which is actually a really yeah. insane waterproof rating. Yeah, because um, they say that waterproof, it's waterproof at like 20 PSI. It, and, and PSI is different from... Um, Hydrostatic head. Hydrostatic head, which is like a different just that's wave. That's in millimeters, yeah. right? Yeah, and that and that's just a way of measuring it. Like they stack, they literally just fill a tube up of water. Whereas like PSI, you're literally putting pressure. Mm-hmm. That's why it's like, like pounds per square. Our goal in the outdoor industry is to confuse the fuck out of you with specs. Exactly. Yeah. So and then just sell you something that you think, oh, good. That's a 200 is well, a high number. Yeah. yeah. And so oh, I was going to say for these, like just uh, like obviously we can get into the – the the nitty-gritty details but uh it would be nice to kind of break down how it applies to a a regular person who doesn't know what hydrostatic head is and apply it you know if if you see waterproof to 200 psi yeah so that's what that's just waterproof like you're never gonna have to worry about waterproof unless unless you have rain that that is ripping your skin off you never have to worry yeah and probably not even then. <laughs> we also should probably elaborate on Ultra 400 is 4.4 times more abrasion than our very popular X42 that we've been using in our backpacks. Um, so that's 7,600 Tabor cycles, as yeah. we were just talking well, about. Which versus, is insane. Versus mm-hmm. 1,700. So th- this stuff can take an abrasion beating. You know, yeah. you might be able to drag it on the sandstone yeah. if you want to. Right. Um, and so... Uh, the spec that you're about to read next is is the tear strength right let me just break down the difference there so like abrasion resistant is is you if you were to take sandpaper and rub it up against the 
the um the yeah. fabric that yeah. the that ta- would- the Tabor test is like a spinning abrasive spinning wheel yeah that goes around in circles until it goes through it i mean think okay. of you know um one of those cut off tools or whatever with an abrasive yeah it's almost like that yeah right and then tear uh, tear resistant tear strength is like if you took uh, a strand of that fabric in both hands and tried to tear it at what poundage is that fabric going to break is that mm-hmm. that's correct right yeah cool. which the tear strength is 114 and a half pounds um which this is almost four times than our popular X42. And when we say X42, that's all of our olive backpacks that we've yeah. been selling lately. So that's almost four times the stairs, tear strength. We have 4.4 times the abrasion resistance. So overall, much tougher fabric. The weight is going to be about 40% lighter weight than the X42. Now, the whole backpack is not just X42. So the backpack won't be 40% lighter. We're expecting uh, two to four ounces on most backpacks and we just did a weigh-in yeah. and we it saw was, pretty That was about similar. pretty standard, yeah, yeah, two to four ounces. It's quieter in the cold. X-Pack in the cold could almost like not freeze necessarily, but it gets more stiff. And X, X42, X21 would, would kind of like, you know, not break down, but become more malleable to the hand. Yeah. Which I think in all of our testing, we found, you know, at first the Ultra is a little stiff, not as stiff as X42, but it becomes a lot more malleable the more you use it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Cordura is the same way. Cordura, when you get it off the roll, it can be stiff. Um, and then you put it on a backpack and you use it, you throw it around, you roll it up, you, you fold it, and then it becomes softer and more malleable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing with these pack fabrics. It's, I mean, it's the same thing. Um, it's just that these pack fabrics have way better specs than Cordura. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, it's what, and, and to elaborate a little bit outside of the spec world is that D- Dyneema, Spectra, like, okay, a few years ago when we did the Spectra grid, I tried to source a peer woven Spectra that we could get waterproofed. And it just really wasn't feasible at the moment. And it wasn't, it was in the trying to laminate and bond that to it. I had some samples set to me, um, and it just wasn't really feasible. But I have an abrasion test I do that is relatively simple, and you guys are going to laugh, but it's it's trying to make some sort of repeatability because I can't just go throw it off of something and be like, oh, look, or, you know, there's inconsistencies in that. And I'll get into the rock slide, throw your pack down a cliff, test here in a little bit which was is taken on a legend of its own um but the dyneema spectra the spectra one i had was a 400 so it was the same face fabric as this and when i did a the abrasion test that i have which is my top secret rock right and it's drug across the fabric at a with only its own weight, so you're not adding any additional weight, and then counting until it goes through, right? And it's a simple way to compare. At 100 times, which is a number where I can see visible problems on just about any other fabric that I've ever tested, at 100 drags across, 
all that rock did was shine the fabric. It looked like it buffed it and tried to make it look nice and shiny. <laughs> you know, it was... And, I, and this is from the outside of it. That right? is from the outside on the face fabric. So my guess is going to be um, that this is very, very similar. And by that token, I mean, if you take the 210 grid stop, not our, not our spectra grid. Our spectra grid's better than the grid stop that's been sold for a long time. You can wear through that in like 30 rubs of the rock. Um, grid stop's that, like widely used in a lot of... Uh, lighter like, weight. Like hiking, yeah. uh, backpacking. Yeah. Through hiker style yeah, stuff. Mountains, yeah, you know, Mountain Smith and Golite. A lot of those people have made the packs out of that. You can buy it at a lot of places. So... Um, likewise, X21 probably was very similar. Um, the fabrics that people think are better that they t- chatter about online were no better, like uh, light skin and stuff like that, that some of the ultralight people think. Um, in addition, the UHMWPE fabrics do not absorb water, which is why you can have that as a fishing line. Yeah. And well, I have it as a fishing line. <clears throat> So it also means that your face fabric is next to, even without the waterproof coating, it's next to impossible for it to hold water. Yeah. Well, well and that's the thing with, with X-Pack is like, even though it's 100%, you know, waterproof, I mean, <laughs> you, you get in the rain or you submerge it in a lake or something, well, it's, it's going to soak a little bit of water in But it's still got there. a Cordura type <clears throat> Face fabric, right? Yeah. It's I mean, not. It's nylon in yeah. the, in the face fabric, so it does absorb it. It dries very quickly because it never is able to wet out, wet but, through. But the ultra, but the ultra does not absorb. Doesn't even take water yeah. in it. And so that this is so when I was doing a little bit of my own research um, on the two different tests between PSI and hydrostatic head, hydrostatic uh, head to PSI, so we can give you some. Okay, like I know what my pack bag is in hydrostatic head, but I don't know what it is in PSI. Uh, 704 millimeters hydrostatic head is equivalent to one PSI. Things are considered water resistant at three PSI, which is like a light rain, no wind, right? So it's spitting on you. At 30 PSI, 30, torrential downstorm, torrential downpour, rainstorm, you're in the Pacific Northwest, it's blowing, it's raining, that is 30 PSI, waterproof. So at 200 PSI, is like we're going to have to beyond shoot hurricane. it with a... 30 PSI is like your rubber suit yeah. that you're going to wear on a boat, on a fishing boat mm-hmm. or something. 200 PSI is like what you're going to, the suit you're going to put over your rubber suit when your rubber suit doesn't work. So now, now a great thing to kind of go into is we were just talking about X-Pack can absorb a little water on the outside because it's a nylon, correct? Yeah. While Ultra will not. Correct. The cool thing is what we've done is we've taken the Cordura out of our pockets and out of our harnesses. It's still found on certain parts of the pack, but in a very small way. We've replaced them with Spectra and Spectra is about twice as water resistance 
So your pack really isn't, you could probably soak the thing and find a minimal ounce to two ounces at the most of water weight gain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, so, compared to like Cordura, which is kind of what we were using on the, on the, on the packs, it's, it's just heavier in the, in the long run. So like, if you, if you think about like, if you, if you soak your pack on a kayak or canoe trip or something like that, you know, back with the Cordura pockets, they were going to soak up water. So when you go to put that pack on your back, it's going to be heavier, heavier, than, uh, heavier uh, than what it was. A lot heavier. And, and, yeah. and it can be quite a bit because I, I, I've had other Cordura packs that were made in the U.S. And I've been through some shitty storms on hunt, hunting trips, right? And the pack can gain several ounces at a minimum. Uh, and I'm, I'm not talking like several, like three to five, I'm talking more like eight ounces to a pound at a minimum. And then there's also the benefit of blood cleanup, smell, stuff like that. Yep. I got my pointer right here, right? My German short hair pointer. She's got a really good nose on her. And you know, if I have a Cordura pack that's had an elk in it, she's going to be very interested in that thing for practically forever. Yeah. Right. But like X-Pack or Ultra. Or something like that. She really doesn't care after it's been washed up. You know, it just, they don't retain that much smell, which, not trying to scare people because almost everyone markets, so many people market on fear. I'm going to imagine that's a benefit in grizzly country. Well, and I'll, so I'll take this back to another real world scenario. Um, and Owen, Owen got mad at me because I did this. But uh, I didn't wash those packs after I came home. I just hucked them in the garage and then brought them into the office and never washed. I didn't wash a, a single thing of blood off of that off of that backpack. Yeah. Um, and it just dried up, flaked off, and I still I still can smell a little bit of it um, on my gear that was inside the pack. Uh, but I cannot smell, like, if I just picked the pack up and smelt it, I can't really smell that bull anymore. Yeah. But I don't really smell blood on my gear. I smell, like, musty bull yeah. smell. I So I keep my backpack in our guest room because that's kind of like my hunting gear room. And I never watched, washed mine after we packed that elk out. And, and my, he was... He was pretty stinky. He he was stinky and he, he was got the some big blood. Stinky, yeah. Like a couple of the game bags ripped. My girlfriend still does her homework in that room. So, there and she's got a she's probably got a better nose than Iris here <laughs> for that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, that's a testament to it not taking in smell, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. it's a real world example. Yeah. So, right. so ov- overall, what we've done with the Ultra and the Spectra combo is we've made it so it's lighter, but it's four times as strong as the best thing you could get from us. Yeah. It's lighter. It won't absorb as much water. Your water pockets will not absorb water or as much water. The pack bag will not absorb water. So overall, you're looking at a pack that's, in a sense, four times better. Yeah. So let me, let me go to, I'm just going to go ahead and answer the questions, the skeptics are going to want to know, and I'm also going to answer the questions the Graham weenies are going to want to know. So, um, why are we using 400 versus 200? Um, if it's so badass, 200 should be 
Well, way better than anything that we haven't really had hardly any problems with. That is a fair assessment. But we err on the side of caution on that. And it would be chasing like one ounce and giving up 4,000 cycles or something of abrasion resistance. Yeah, 4,000 uh, cycles and 50, 60 some odd things of PSI. Yeah, yeah, so it's like we're just going to err on that that is light enough. And we're going to build a very, very well-built pack yeah. out of a super strong, durable fabric. And if you want to save that extra ounce, I mean, start looking inward. I know people don't want to hear that. I'm working on saving some ounces by looking inward. Right? I'm looking <laughs> at uh, gaining some ounces. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, bulking season, dude. Um, so that's going, to be, that's going to be one thing, right? Um, the second question that I figured I would get out in front of, I absolutely forgot. So that must not have been that important. If it comes up, I will, if I think about it, I will. Well, you were talking about the gram weenies and then question about, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think, I don't know if this was, we're going to ask, maybe this was a something, but in terms of, I, I think we kind of already oh, addressed that. I, I remember look. it. I remember it. Sorry was it the color? Rejecting. No, but we can address the color. But if it's so awesome, why aren't we using it everywhere? Why are we putting SpectraGrid in? Well, SpectraGrid's awesome in its own right. But spec with waterproofness comes some stiffness. And the pliability of SpectraGrid, it's, it's waterproof enough. And it's also pliable enough that it works well in pockets. It works well yeah. where there's curves and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, and just um, for the the color aspect of it, I think we already kind of addressed it. But I would I would challenge everybody to uh, you know we're going to be I, th- I think by the time this podcast release, we'll have all the the videos out and pictures and all that stuff. I would challenge everybody to to go take a look. You know, because if you're a hunter, but I don't think it's going to be an issue for like backpackers or anything, but if you're a hunter, go out and first off, think of the times that you're most, that you're going to be out in the woods most. So first thing in the morning, last thing, last light in, in the evening, um, take a look at the, the surrounding, especially if you're an elk hunter hunting in dark timber or something like that. And just look at how many like like dark grays and blacks, like every single piece of camo that you own probably has some black in it. Um, th- like there's so Sitka, many shadows. Sitka, First Light, Kuyu all have black. <clears throat> all have big swaths of black in them. Well, yeah, the, the First Light definitely has big swaths. Kuyu does too. Kuyu does. And then Sitka's got, you know, like there's, there's the digital. They've got like a purplish black, you know, digital dot mm. on theirs throughout. Yeah. Um, and, and that's like... When you talk about camo, you're talking about breakup and you're talking about, um, you know, not necessarily becoming invisible, but like concealing, mm-hmm. breakup, um, breaking up your silhouette. Um, and so the best thing you can do is stand in a shadow. Yeah. Don't stand on the, on the lit side of the tree, stand on the shadow side of the tree. Unless, you know, unless you've got, uh, unless you've got fluorescent clothing I on, mean, then stand in the light I mean, side. also, I'm going to, 
there's going to be some people that aren't going to be convinced. But I'm going to give a real world thing here. When I archery hunted, I'd bring out, I'd, I'd get into putting on makeup. You know, not like eyeliner. The, yeah, eyeliner <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, the little. But like the patches. football eyeliner. Yeah, 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 like football stuff. Not like the kiss eyeliner. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not like big Gene red Simmons. lips. Yeah. You know, and stuff. No, but I mean, you, you'd put that those dark shadows and stuff on your face to break up a lot of that kind of look. And I mean, I think the biggest, the biggest thing when you're really trying to conceal yourself is the face i mean well the, and the eyes, eyeballs the, the eyeballs, eyeballs are the two yeah, the, there's nothing else in the world that looks like an eyeball other than an eyeball and so when an animal sees your eyes yeah that's what's up and, and in fact the whole time that elk that cow elk was standing there i had the the brim of my hat over my eyes and i was i could not see her face i could really only just see her shoulder and her legs and then i finally just slowly picked my head up over time to where I got eye eye to eye with her, and then f- and then after a while, she finally kind of looked at my face and was like, "Oh Dude, shit, that's not a that's not a tree or whatever." You kind of looked like you wanted to like murder me when you were looking, <laughs> your head up looking at me. I think someone could have a product that was based around covering your eyes, but not being. But being relatively those reflective. glasses that like the, you know you put on the glasses and they've got like an American flag in them or oh, something, yeah, but yeah. you can still see through them. That's what we need. Or yeah. dude, I was at, you I do, was at, but it needs to look like vegetation or something. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, gotta stop <laughs> you know? giving people million dollar ideas on your. Uh, uh, on I know your the seek outside. We've already claimed the patent. Yeah, yeah. the see the seek outside business ideas podcast. Yeah, there we um, go. Okay, business and insight. So there's going to be some people that are still going to be like, nah, I can't do black. There's going to be some recreationalists that are going to be like, black will melt my chocolate, <coughs> you yep. know, um, mm-hmm. even though Which is a good point. they could put their chocolate in their hip hop pocket. And it's more accessible. Yes, yep. it is. Yep. And yeah. in terms of chocolate, that's the most important thing. Yeah. yeah you got to have it very accessible. accessible chocolate. Accessible. Yeah, accessible. yeah exactly. Um, so we, from there, we can segue into the wolf. Yeah. So, yeah. So well, let's to handle that one. I mean, I can handle it, and you guys can do the same thing. Yeah, if like, you want. Talk. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. The wolf is wolf is freaking pretty dope. It's it's a it's a pretty nice color. I I think the color is an improvement upon our gray X twenty one. I would mm. say. I think I think the color is a nicer to look at, if that matters anything, and it looks closer to foliage. I always like nice things to look at. Yes, yeah. nice things to look at are good. Um, Wolf Gray, which is an EPLX 400. It, it's, it's roughly equivalent to what our green olive is. I, and I think it looks better than that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And and so just to touch on specs here, it is waterproof to 200 PSI. So it's just as waterproof as our X42. It's just as waterproof as the Wolf. So Nothing's really going to leak through as that. As the Ultra. Or as the Ultra, yep. yeah. Um, you know, if you really want a completely waterproof bag, go ahead and seam seal the seams. But otherwise, the actual fabric is going to be just as waterproof. Tear strength is a little more than X42, so pretty similar. And X42 is already pretty impressive, we would say. So oh, yeah. the, the tear strength is a 34.4 warp versus on the ultra 
which is, let me find it, is 114.5 pound. So the Ultra is, again, extremely strong, but our X42 we never had any issues with. So that's a thing to keep in mind. The weight is just a hair bit lighter than X42. So you may see an ounce off of your pack. Um, again, very similar. Um, but where you really start to see the differences is it is almost double the resistance, abrasion resistance of X42. So that's going to put you at 3000 cycles versus 1700 Tabor. So 1700 was our X42, which again, nobody had a problem with, you know, so we're, I, I had a pack, uh, Goshawk X42 olive for a long time and used it on basically every hunting season until no, no, last year. No, let me dive into that a little bit. Yeah. So it's Tabor abrasion is much higher. Yeah. It's also a recycled fabric. Yep. So, uh, I believe that it saves several gallons of water per square meter and it it's you it uses uh 20 recycled water bottles per yard yeah so i mean it's it's rel- yeah, although uses, it's called wolf gray uses relatively o- green fabric mm-hmm. over 20 plastic bottles per yard reduces co2 emissions by over one pound a yard and is recyclable after use um so that's great. Much better than the X42, which wasn't. Mm-hmm. So how they get these specs, okay? So X42 and this is what, EPLX or something? Yeah, 400. Um, it's a very similar fabric to X-Spec. Most people, unless they're really diving into these specs, probably half the people that are familiar with X-Pack are going to look at it, and they're going to be like, oh, a new X-Pack, right? Because there's there's a lot of similarities. But X-Pack had, there's there's this reinforcement grid in X-Pack that you see on, which is basically the X-Grid that's inside. And that's noticeably raised, which was technically the weak spot of abrasion resistance on it especially on the Tabor-type tests. So I'm not trying to tell you to not get excited about the Wolf. I think the Wolf looks better than anything that we've offered by X-Pack. The light skin by X-Pack basically did away with that raised grid and claimed superior abrasion resistance. However, with my rock test, my my lonely rock, unscientific, but trying to be as consistent as possible, the light skin really didn't didn't perform any better, right? So I'm going to temper it, even though it says three thousand. It says the spec is a fair amount better because it's not it's not as prominent of a raised pattern in there. Um, I'm going to temper it and say that I would expect it to be about like X42. Maybe it's better, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't be like oh it's going to be double. Let me take this thing and start rubbing it up against some sandstone, right? I'm I'm just going to say that my expectation is that it's probably pretty similar on durability, waterproof, 
maybe there's some benefit maybe there's some long-term benefit there may you know it's primarily that it's a green fabric and in a in saving water plastic recycling all that and it it also looks really good. It does. It's uh, all. It's also quieter in the cold too, just yes. like the ultra. Yes. Um. So it's it's a little bit more malleable just from the start in the first place. So that's an advantage for anybody trying to be a little bit quieter in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we've been talking up ultra, um, so I feel like on the podcast, and we've been kind of hyping it and dropping some hints that we're going to release it, um, and. I, I, it's not to like take away from wolf because it's still a great material yeah. but ultra is just like i i think it's the pinnacle it's, yeah it's it's yeah. really well, yeah, the pinnacle and, and of think, fabrics out there right and now i think you know we we offer two different these two different fabrics for, for two different reasons right um the ultra is like if you are looking to get the top of the line the 2022 model with the big old screen on the console you know um so it's the ultra right? best yeah. of the best yeah. it's the ultra leather pant. interior leather interior it's the uh what is what uh what is ford call it? it's the ford platinum right? king or ranch whatever. King limited ranch. king yeah, ranch limited king platinum ranch. or whatever it's the lexus lx so so you know you got that but not everyone necessarily needs that nor do they want to spend that so then we have this uh, a little bit lesser option still a great option still does what you need it to do it's the at least as good as anything we've ever made. Exactly. Yeah, and I would say, you know, from a from a certain standpoint, um, you know, still on that better side because we're still offering it with that same kind of hip belt harness pocketing setup, yeah. the same the construction. Yep. It's it's the same construction um, in places. So, um, you know, it's it's, it's kind of like buying a Mercury instead of a Ford made in the same factory. Not necessarily the same yeah. price, um, but uh, well, you know, and so you have well, this that's, that's that's a bad. I would say yeah, Lexus a, Toyota. Yeah, yeah let's, yeah. let's do that because I don't know I, if I, I don't want to be. I don't know Mercury any other brands other than like four, <laughs> the four. I just know like if you ever Ford, Ford, Lincoln Mercury. Wolfpack sales go down. Lee said Mercury. Mercury. Yeah. I don't know any other who who all is associated with each other. I just. Like off the top of my head, could think Man, of next Ford, thing, Ford next Lincoln, thing, Mercury, or whatever. Next thing, what's it going to be? What was another Ford thing that Lincoln? That, uh, no, they had some other. Um, no, it's GM, right? Is it? Is it Pontiac? That's uh, yeah, Chrysler. That, They've yeah. had a whole slew of them that have yeah. gone under. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would yeah. say I would say. Well, at least my, I didn't call it a fucking Pontiac. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you could have done is you could have said it was like the Jeep Compass. Oh, no. oh. Yeah, or 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 what are the Geo Prism? Oh, is it Geo no. Prism. No, no, it isn't. It's a, <laughs> Wolf is at least as good as anything we've ever made. I think that. It looks better than anything we've ever made. Sans Ultra. I love the look of the Ultra Pack. Totally. Some people, it might not be their cup of tea. Um, but I, and, and that's why we offer the two. And that's why I'm saying yeah. that's why we offer the two options. We got two very, very, very good options that are better, or if not, just as good as anything you could have bought from us. And probably better, or if not, just as good as anything you can buy on the market, anyways. Uh-huh. I, th- I think. The board. I think. I think a better way. I'll say it. Better okay. way to put the the ultra and the wolf is that 
the wolf is almost more of a weakened warrior thing that's going to last people forever. I mean, I'm a weakened warrior. I'll, in the next 10 years of hunting, I don't think I'd ever abuse a wolf pack enough to warrant replacement. The uni, or the ultra is going to last you, if you're a weakened warrior, it's going to last you 20 years. It's going to last you a long time. It's really strong fabric. If you're a career hunter, if you go out 10 times a season, you know, that ultra is going to last you a lot longer than the wolf will. So, you know, you got to think of it in like uh, how, mu- how much your use case is per year, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's, you know, everyone I gave the opportunity to to get an ultra pack last year, um, they all said basically, fuck it. Yeah, why not? If it's uh, X amount, 50, 75, whatever it is, more expensive, and it's something that's... I'm never yeah. even, if I was to say there is a field thing, like if you're not in rocky terrain and things like that, let's say you don't do rope hauls, you don't spend time where there's a lot of sharp rocks, where could I say you would have a benefit with the Ultra? Well, the Ultra is lighter. Yep. Yeah. yeah so you can definitely say that you're going to save two or three ounces. It's a relatively wise investment per ounce. Uh, yeah. When you get to... When, when you get to penciling it out math-wise, I mean, sometimes those, you're like, wow, it's like $100 an ounce or whatever. This is going to be far better than that. Um, I could probably say that like rodents and stuff sometimes have been known to chew through packs. Unlikely to happen with the Ultra. Yep. So there might be some benefit there. Or if a mountain lion jumps you while you're walking. Um, it's kind of like body armor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the UA, UHM. Come on, UHMWP. Yeah. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't take your note cards home. I need you? a dog to walk around. Well, let, let me, let me but, put it this way. Your UHMWPE is similar to DCF and is, you, and is a super fabric used in body armor. That's what I was going to say right there. So, body armor. So if, if you do have a lion or a mean bear coming at you from the back, I mean, there's a, there's a protective advantage to your so body. So I have a really <laughs> – this is a true story. Remember I alluded to earlier trying to get a fabric very similar. It was when I was working with Spectra because how that we kind of ended up down this line with Spectra asked us to build a bunch of spec packs for them for pack fabrics they wanted to come out with that they were going to show off at all these trade shows. So we did that and we got to play with some of their fabrics and really dug them. I want. I had a full woven. We built a few packs out of pure full woven Spectra. And but so just for the just so for everyone listening, what's full woven and why is it important to be full woven? Well, full woven means that it's basically not mixed with anything else. It's Spectra fibers all woven together the whole way. There's not a cordura or nylon or something mixed in there right which like our spectra grid has spectra grids in it but then it's mixed with essentially cordura with a light cordura but what we i had we made some full woven packs and i tried to get samples of a waterproof version of it which i actually did which we actually have around here hidden Under lock and key. Under lock and key. But the problem was they laminated it to a Spectra fabric that was of the same weight, 400 denier, 
but the fabric that they used to laminate it to was made for bullet protection vests, bulletproof vests. And it had too loose of a weave in capturing a bullet in there to be useful in a backpack. So, so it, was, it was the same fabric, but the weave of it was a little different, and it was for a bulletproof vest. I might have to put that before our, our last sentence so that we don't have a bunch of guys just going out with 45s shooting the shit out of their ultra pack. <laughs> uh, don't do that. Warning. <laughs> warning. We'll, we'll penetrate that <laughs> ultra backpack. Well, yeah. well, I, was, I, was, I, I was reading a book that is contentious, um, so I won't name it, but they were interviewing someone and the person – they were interviewing. They asked them what they knew about a certain gun, and they said, I know that it hurts like son of a bitch or whatever when you get shot with one of those. And they said, why? And he was like, well, we were testing out our bulletproof vests one night <laughs> and decided to start shooting at each other. <sighs> and it was like, ooh. My um, uh, Left a good bruise. Good so well. If I would have come and said that to seek outside, you mean you wouldn't have hired me here? We would have said, okay, we think that he has a little bit of brain damage. <laughs> are, are, we, are you sure you didn't get shot in the head? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't remember anything before it, but. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, um, there is, it, it can be used in bulletproof vest stuff. So, yeah. the pretty much the same fabric woven slightly differently. Yeah. So. Well, I think um, in general i mean it's a freaking both options are really cool uh we are going to have yeah. the kenai that's going to be coming out too that's going to be a new a new pack model it's essentially a lanner on an integrated platform yeah um with asymmetrical. asymmetrical side pockets so that you get one water bottle side pocket on your right hand side so when you're walking you can snatch your nalgene out but you can also have your your big tripod with your spotter or whatever else in the other pocket and we have and some. like the Kenai has come about because when you guys order custom packs, we like look at that, right? We like look at what, what custom packs people are ordering to figure out what people want, right? Because we can't really just go out to everyone and sit them down at a table and ask them what they want out of a, out of a backpack. So we use that information. That's uh. That's what the that's what the masses wanted. Uh, that, that came out of that. But yeah. Now. This podcast is going to air before Western Hunt. Um, it'll be airing. During, yeah, the, it would be great if it pubbed either a day or two before. We could do or, it the day or, before. Yeah, we'll yeah. do it the day before. That way, you you guys can be listening to our voices before you get to Western on Hunt. on your way to Western Hunt. Yeah, which so you can come see these beauties, these and, beautiful and, and, and you can yeah. and, and and we should have answered the bulk of the questions and not have to tell you like, Hey, go listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. Don't talk to me. <laughs> um, yeah. Another cool thing that we're going to be coming out with that Western hunt. Um, in is fact, I will give away personally, I will give away a $50 off a backpack to the first person that comes up to me and says that they were listening. They have to come up to me and say that they were listening to the podcast 
on the backpack fabrics. Well, at Western. So I will Kevin. see you bright and early Wednesday morning, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't work for Seek Outside. <laughs> so, insider so trading. Just go around looking for the bald guy wearing the wearing the first line. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put a wig on. Yeah. yeah I'll have long hair. Damn. You have to find Kevin. I'll, I'll have a ponytail. Yeah. You need yeah. to. You need to do the the like the hair. What is it? The hair rock or what the hell is that? Yeah. Hair metal. Well, so so hair how are we deal. how are we gonna know how is somebody gonna know what you, they just gotta know what They're you look have like? To figure it out, man. Okay. Hey, okay. hey, do some research on Instagram. Do look on Facebook. Maybe a good thing if you go to the the user group on uh, on Facebook, Seek Outside Adventures. You, mm-hmm. You're gonna find it there. Yeah. You will find the answer there. Exactly. And you'll yeah. fi- you can do a little bit of super sleuthing. Find Kevin. Get yourself a little bit of discount. There, there, yeah. If you just look, if you just look them up on Google, there's a few articles about them, and you know, there's probably a photo from 10, 12 years ago, and then you just got to figure it out from there. Ridgeway that- man <laughs> shoots at himself to test Kevlar vest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Says, "Wow, I'm bruised." <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Colorado man. <laughs> Tries new grenade in backyard. No, <laughs> tries home grenade. <laughs> well, are we done with this then? I would say so. I Sweet. think so, yeah. Everybody, make sure you come see us at Western Hunt. Um, stay tuned to our social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. We're going to be obviously releasing these ultra packs here. Feel free to hit us up, email, uh, give us a phone call if you have any more questions, but hopefully this one kind of answered it for you. Um, and yeah, Western Hunt f- – come up and say what's say what's good we're going to be doing some podcasts live there um so feel free don't to bother us don't say hi to, <laughs> don't say hi to ryan just say hi to me right ryan, ryan gets scared when people see him in public yeah yeah i'm a recluse <laughs> kind of more of a kind of a neil young type person but um yeah but yeah sweet guys sweet. good podcast later later